We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Oh, so glad you could make it here. Welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm CVV, Chris Van Vliet, and this is the perfect day for this episode to be coming out because Corey Graves and Carmela's new reality show, which is appropriately titled Corey and Carmela, debuts today on WWE's YouTube channel. And while the title might be appropriate, Corey and Carmela, the content of the show might be a little inappropriate. And if you've seen the trailer, you know what I'm talking about. It's definitely not PG. A lot of uh, talk about uh, intimate relations here. So we get into all of that as well as the career path that both of them have been on, the people who have given them the most advice, the mentors in their life, all of that. If it's your first time here, though, please take a second to click subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podopolo, Stitcher, wherever you're listening right now. Also, be sure to subscribe to Corey and Carmela's podcast called Bear With Us, wherever you're listening to this right now. And share this episode with a friend. I'm sure that you have lots of friends who will love this chat. So share it with them. Take a screenshot. Let us know that you're listening and tag us on social media. You can find Carmela. She's at Carmela WWE. Corey is at WWE Graves. And I'm at Chris Van Vliet. Our fan of the week is Jose from Puerto Rico. He says, this is the best interview wrestling podcast around. Easy to listen to and great pacing. Chris is the master of letting his guests express themselves without any awkwardness. Always great interviews. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jose, all the way from Puerto Rico. I read one review on every single episode as my way to say thank you. Also, also my small way to encourage you to perhaps leave a review of your own on Apple Podcasts. So if you have an iPhone and you haven't left a review yet, or if you have left a review, go in, change a word or two, add a word or two, and it'll pop up as a new review on there. And it'd be awesome if you could do that. Also, if you have Spotify, they have ratings now. So go in there and click five stars. All right, let's dive into this. Please welcome Corey Graves and Carmela. Oh my gosh, I feel like there's so many things to congratulate you guys on. Congratulations on your engagement. Congratulations on the new reality show. Thank Thank you you so much. We have so much to be excited about. It's been a busy several months for us. 
Well, this is a good thing, right? Did you guys see the reaction after this trailer went out? A lot of people online. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that we was, sure did. That was by design, man. We had to come out of the gate strong. Uh, a lot of people, I mean, we've never really addressed our relationship on WWE TV beyond me fawning over her during her entrance, which is equally as much to, to make people angry as it is to let them know that uh, this is a, a real thing. So we had to come out of the gate and we discussed things with WWE on how we wanted to roll this out. And we decided to take the, the sexy route. Uh, just because it's been so different than anything WWE's put out recently. I mean, it's almost uh, a callback to the Attitude Era where it was okay to be sexy. And being on YouTube, we have a little more leeway than being on a, a major network right now. Uh, so we're, we're kind of exploring this as much of a, an experiment as it, as it has been a goal. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely read the comments. I, not all of them, because, oh my gosh, I don't have that much time on my hands and I don't want to be depressed. But, you know, I see the thing, uh, Carmela, she's a freak. Oh my God, I've never seen her. Like, It's like, come on, it's 2022. What you see on TV, you see on Monday Night Raw, that's not who I am in real life. Yes, I like to talk about sex. Yes, I, I have stepchildren now. And yes, uh, I'm a fiance and you see me with my dad. And, you know, you get to see all these different aspects of our lives that you don't get to see on TV. But it's time to normalize these things. It's okay to be a little sexy. And, and the sexy it. aspect of the show is just a part of the show. There's a lot more to it. We just figured, what can we get people interested in talking with? And there's definitely no shortage of, you know, dirty jokes. But ultimately, <laughs> it's it's relatively uh, family-friendly for the most part. I would say PG-13, maybe leaning a little toward R from time to time. But okay. it's not going to be anything that you have to, you know, pay money to subscribe to. <laughs> Carmela, you have in your Instagram bio that Instagram is not real life. Is this show real life? It sure is. You know, you get to see all aspects of our lives and we, we don't hold back. And it's basically because of our, our podcast that we have. It's called Bear With Us, where we are trying to shed light on issues that every relationship has and everyone goes through things. And we just want to sort of normalize it, like talking about sex or talking about a problem in the bedroom or talking about our lack of communication or who's doing the household chores this week. And we talk about it with our listeners and we don't talk about work. We don't talk about our lives in WWE. We want to just show who we are in our real lives. And we've gotten a lot of great feedback with our, our listeners because they're like, hey, oh my gosh, my husband does that too. Or how do I talk to my wife about wanting to have more sex or whatever? And we just give advice. And that is what our show is. It's not about looking at our life through a filter. And that's kind of been the goal from when we launched Bear With Us was to be almost overly honest with our audience. Uh, and pro there are probably things we've discussed where they're like, we didn't never really care to know that about you guys. <laughs> but it, it, to the point about Instagram not being reality, everyone likes to show their greatest hits of their life. It's it's yeah. the great moment, the perfect kiss, the perfect dinner. Everyone is trying to one up each other and keep up with each other. And, and it's it's the greatest hits of their life. We're showing you all of all the B-sides as well. We're out there on the podcast and on the show letting people know we have a lot of the same struggles as everybody else. It's it's real life. I mean, every aspect of it. And our podcast has become almost a form of therapy for the two of us because oh, we yeah. really I mean, have no choice. He makes me legit cry on our podcast. He'll be like, you're doing this wrong or you're saying that. I'm like, I'm not a podcaster. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to be real. And he's like, well, that's not what we're talking about right now. But that, we, and we leave that in there for our listeners to hear. We are not trying to, again, like portray ourselves to be a certain way. This is who we are, like it or not, this is us. Well, it seems like you guys get along so well. So I'm curious, what are your biggest pet peeves about one another? Corey, let's start with you. Mm, 
it's going to sound like I'm just trying to keep myself out of trouble, but there aren't very many pet peeves about uh, Carmella. The only thing I would say is every once in a while, she'll get very moody, seemingly without reason or provocation. Like yesterday, for example, I woke up and I just could kind of sense that something was up. And I've now learned that when I get that feeling that something is up 99% of the time, it's not my fault. So I can just take a step back and let her be her. Just and let she, me be in a bad mood. And she works through know? it and she comes out the other side and we ended up by, by yesterday evening. We were great. We went out to dinner, had ourselves a great time. But I, I would say if I had to pinpoint one thing that makes me a little bit nuts, that's it just because it kind of comes out of nowhere. It's one thing when I screw up and I do and I can expect it. It's when I wake up in the morning and go, hey, babe, let's go get some coffee. And she's like, I don't want to talk to you. So, all right. <laughs> I guess I would say I have two. One is when he texts me the letter K or just the OK emoji. It's like, come on, you know, that mm -hmm. drives me nuts. I'm with and you. Then, right? Put an O before I do it. it. I do it on purpose, though. I only is do it that a when capital I'm a K, mixed. too. It's capital. Capital. Oh, yeah. Ugh, drives me nuts. What's number two? I would say number two, and you just like don't stop talking. It's like, okay, I get the point. You just explain yourself way too much. I get what you're trying to say. Let's move on. You he does this for a living, you know. Thank you. I know. Thank so you, you don't need to do that home. I'm not paying you to talk to me. Well, then start paying me not to. <laughs> That's a hell of an idea. I want 50 bucks for silent time. <laughs> I feel like things are going so well for you guys in your career. And if we take this a few steps back here, I, I really want to know who have been some mentors for you professionally who have really helped guide the way for you. For me, I would honestly say The Miz. Um, you know, whenever I have an issue or a problem, whether it's creatively or with my character or something going on in a match, I go to him and I try to, for me, if I could be the female Miz, like that would be such an amazing accomplishment. You know, they trust The Miz to, they put him in any position, he's going to shine and he's not afraid to lean into his role as a bad guy. And I consider that the same for myself. I like to really lean into my role and anytime I have a problem or issue, whatever it is, I go to him and he's going to be honest, sometimes brutally honest, but he, he always helps me out. What about for you, Corey? I feel like, yeah, I feel like people don't even, there's a big section of people who don't remember you as a wrestler and they just know you as a broadcaster now. It's really crazy that that much time has passed as a broadcaster that now that's actually overtaken my, my wrestling career. Uh, but I've had so many people along the way that have helped me, and I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in if it weren't for a litany of guys. I mean, going back to Tom Phillips, it, when we were in NXT working together, he helped teach me a lot. Michael Cole has been instrumental in most of my success. It was actually after I first got injured, I had a conversation in New Orleans with Michael Cole, and I had mentioned to him that I had done some local radio, and he went, hmm, maybe you should give broadcasting a try. And that was how this all came to be was just that basic conversation. And after a few months of being out of the ring, he said, all right, let's give it a shot. And it didn't happen overnight. I spent countless hours in the performance center in our little recording booth, trying to learn how to call matches. But I'd like to think that I've learned from everybody along the way, different broadcasters, uh, whether they are intending on teaching me things or not, even if I'm learning something negative, I can utilize it and put it in my toolkit to where I'm now confident that I can step into a role like a Michael Cole. I obviously can't fill Michael Cole's shoes. He's one of the best play-by-play -play guys in history, but I've learned enough from him and just absorbed it by osmosis that I can at least prevent the ship from hitting the iceberg. And, and along the way, I, I think what I, I lose track of is some of the amazing minds that I'm privy to mm. on a weekly basis without realizing it. I get to learn from Vince McMahon. 
Vince McMahon sometimes in the middle of a show, in the middle of a match, will go on a two-minute diatribe about why, why I just did something wrong or why he liked it or what he's trying to accomplish. But in the moment, it's easy to forget. You're getting advice from the guy, the guy who is responsible for all of this and everybody under Vince and, and Kevin Dunn is, is an amazing uh, producer. And I've learned from a lot of producers and, and I would like to think that everybody I've worked with on this side of the, the microphone has taught me something because this was never my goal. I've right. had to learn. And I think that's sort of lent itself to my success was, okay, I can't wrestle anymore. I don't know anything about this world. I have to just be a sponge and learn as much as I can. And I've picked up good habits and I'm sure I've picked up some negative ones, but ultimately I'm constantly learning because even now I have a bit of trepidation when I sit down. It's when you're getting counted into the opening of Monday Night Raw, you hit three, two, and I'm still in that like, okay, here, okay, here we go. Let's not screw up tonight. All right, I get a little nervous. And, you know, then I get off, off and cruise, but I, I can't thank enough people. And I'd be here all day if I just tried to list everyone who's really mentored and taught me a lot. Corey, how much do you miss being in the ring? I miss certain aspects of it, but I've actually grown to love doing commentary. There's part of me that will never go away as a wrestler and dedicated 15 years of my life and traveled the world and had a tasted some success as a, as a competitor. I really, it, it took a long time and a lot of work and internal reflection to get to this point where I've now embraced my role and realized that this is my contribution to the business now. I may not be able to go down as one of the great intercontinental champions in history, which was kind of always my goal. But now I look at how broad my work has reached and how it still lives on in video packages and these moments and some of the ridiculous stuff that I say ends up on t-shirts for other superstars. And, and I actually think I'm, I'm in a weird way, leaving a bigger footprint as a commentator than I probably would have as a competitor, but I definitely miss it at times. I feel like with a reality show, this just seems to write itself. It's you guys versus Ms. And Mrs. versus Ms. And Marie. <laughs> <laughs> the thought has crossed our minds. Yeah, Unfortunately, we're open to it. This, this is dropping a little bit too close to WrestleMania because yeah. otherwise I would have put the push on really hard. But, you know, SummerSlam is going to be big this year. That's true. That's true. You never know. Well, there was this recent report out that you are now cleared for in-ring performance. Is, is that actually true? It is factual. Uh, the news, for some reason, took about eight months to break, which I'm sort of proud of and a little bit surprised in this day and age that I wasn't necessarily hiding it from anybody. It was just not something I was bringing to the forefront because I didn't want everybody to go, oh, my God, Graves is making a comeback. Because to our previous conversation, I love what I'm doing now. But there is a part of me that would just love that gratification. I'm a guy who, when I was wrestling, was primarily a villain. And to me, the gratification came as soon as the bell rang at the end of the match. Because to me, there is nothing more satisfying than taking the crowd on a roller coaster ride and then losing. As a, as a good guy, you usually have to or you stand up and pose and you have to mug for the cameras. But I would lay there on my back after the ref counted three. And I would be looking at the lights and just thinking, yep, we did it. And that to me was always what kind of kept me going. It was just like that exhale at the end of all of it. And that was the most rewarding to me. So there's part of me that's still going to chase that forever. And I would be open to it if the opportunity presents itself to maybe step back in the ring once in a blue moon or, or maybe just once. Uh, but the important thing is I got medically cleared and now I'm just kind of going to see where the world takes us because if that's what's in the stars for me is another match or if it's a mixed tag team match or it's 
me versus Pat McAfee at some point. <laughs> uh, whatever it ends up being, I, at least now I know that I can do it without putting my health at long-term risk, which is above all the most important. I got to be there for my kids and uh, my blushing bride. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens, which is a super important part of my morning routine. With one scoop of Athletic Greens, you get 75 high-quality vitamins, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things. And best of all, it tastes amazing, and it's really helped with better sleep quality and recovery for me. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever it is, it fits right into your diet. Look, lots of people take some kind of multivitamin, and I think it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. That's why I drink Athletic Greens every morning, and that's why it's recommended by professional athletes in all kinds of different sports. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially since it's cold and flu season right now. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash insight. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash insight to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Were you looking to get cleared or did you just go in for a physical and they went, hey, looking pretty good? Well, I, there, there was a process to it. I, I had to take a few flights and see a few doctors and uh, get several different opinions. And, and then I brought what I had obtained from my doctors to WWE and they showed it to their medical staff. And then I went through WWE's testing protocols again to just verify. 
and I met all of the the needs that they wanted to see. So again, I, I'm medically clear. That doesn't mean sure. I mean I'm still listed on the roster as a commentator. I I, I don't ha- have come up in creative meetings that I know of as to how we get Graves in the ring. Uh, so I'm just kind of taking it one step at a time. And if it presents itself, I'm going to be ready for it. But I'm not going to make myself crazy uh, wanting to make another transition back to the other side. Yeah. Look, I'm such a big believer that everything happens for a reason. And that that's put you guys in the position that you're in right now. And Carmella, I'm, I'm really curious. You would audition for Tough Enough. You were going to be on the show. Then you ended up being a, a Lakers girl, right? Do you ever yes, think of... I- you ever think what would happen if you had been on Tough Enough? Like what your road would have looked like? I have no idea. You know, I, again, everything happens for a reason. I still ended up in WWE years later, you know? So it's kind of crazy to know that that's how it all worked out. But again, I went to LA to be a dancer and that's what I was going to do. And I wasn't going to give up my career as a Laker girl. You know, that's why I went out there. Um, so that's what I was focused on. And I'm grateful that I did it the way I did. And it led me to where I'm at now. How did wrestling find you originally? Because the story for both of you guys is very different of how you found wrestling. Well, for me, I mean, I grew up watching wrestling. My dad was a wrestler in the early 90s. So he wrestled every big name back in the 90s, which is really cool. I brought all WWF magazines to school and showed everyone. I was definitely the coolest girl in third grade, um, but it was never anything I aspired to do. I I wanted to be a dancer and that's what I was going to do with my life. And uh, it just one thing led to another from my, I had an agent that I was using for my dance career and it led to an audition or a tryout with WWE. And I thought, well, I guess there's no better time than now, you know, and with my dad's history with the company and it just kind of, the stars aligned. Right. And Corey, like you were in the Indies for a long time. Yeah, I, I was a lifelong fan. My dad to this day is still a big fan. I grew up, my earliest memories of my childhood involve WWE in some capacity and, and action figures and going to the live events. Uh, so I, I was a fan as long as I can remember. And I got to about high school age and was trying to figure out what to do with my life. And my parents were asking me and guidance counselors are asking me, you have a plan? You're going to go to college? And and I went through this depression and I was sure that my life was over at 14. I didn't know what I was going to do. And it was, you know, all, all just this terrible depression. Uh, and I realized it was just growing up. And my dad said, hey, why don't you find something that you like to do? Go be a bodybuilder or go learn to box or go be a pro wrestler. And I went, okay. And my dad has since admitted, like, he had no idea how to help me with that. But he was a fire chief in a town and he had connections to a local independent promotion that they would do for fundraisers because my dad was a fan. It would make money for the fire department. So we, we had that connection. And my freshman year of high school, I started training in the back of a old storefront in a shopping mall with no heat, no air conditioning. And then I, I had the bug so bad, man. I just, I, I couldn't stop. And I was just doing anything and everything and sacrificing wherever I could to try to get my name out there. And I had a few lucky breaks along the way. And sure enough, right as I was about to hang it up because I had a real job, a career as a 911 dispatcher. And I just had my, my first, yeah, my first kid had been born and I went, maybe it's time to stop chasing this silly dream. And within weeks, I get a call from WWE and the rest is history. What is the craziest 911 call you ever got? There was an old woman who used to call semi-regularly and she would, we would answer the phone, you know, 911, what's your emergency? And I will never forget one night, 911, what's your emergency? And this elderly woman says, the goddamn clowns are back. <laughs> and I, I went, pardon me? 
the clowns, they're back. And I said to my partner or my supervisor at the time, I'm like, you might want to listen into this. And they, they were like, oh, no, that's just Mrs. Johnson. She calls about once a week. She saw clowns and she would want the police to come to make sure <laughs> that the clowns were not going to harm her. And they sent a cop car over and okay, she's good. They called in and, and yeah, but I heard some really wild stuff. That's the, that, that stands out to me to this day though, that, that one, the clown. I bet this may be difficult to come up with something right off the top of your head, but what do you think is the best advice that you've been given, whether that's personally or professionally? The best advice you've ever been given. Oh my gosh. I can think of a few different things. Something my dad has always told me is, you know, you, you can't care what other people think. You just have to do you, be you, and not work to try to impress others. Just kind of, you know, focus on you, stay in your own lane, and just focus on yourself and not worrying about what other people think. And it's really helped me, obviously, a lot in this career uh, with social media and fans and haters nowadays. So I will say that that was pretty, pretty, uh, important. Yeah. I would say as far as the wrestling business is concerned, believe half of what you see and none of what you hear because it's constantly changing. And what might be an actual fact at one moment by the end of the day could have been a figment of somebody else's imagination. And it really stops you from getting too far ahead of yourself because it can be crushing on a human being level in any aspect of life. When you get your hopes up and you get excited and you think this great thing's about to happen, and then you have the rug pulled out from underneath you, it can crush a person, whether that be professionally or in a, in a relationship. So I think keeping that mentality has really helped me get to where I'm at. And now that I'm a little bit older and I'm trying to become a little bit wiser, I've been paying a lot more attention to sort of my mental well-being and, and meditation and the, the idea that holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I love that. Kind of let bygones be bygones. And, and that to me really has, has hit home recently. And I'm not, I haven't mastered it yet. You can ask her. I get pissed off just like the next guy, you know, several times a day. But I think it's really kind of helped me gain control of my emotions and really overall mentally improve me. Corey, you're so quick-witted on commentary. Is there a particular line that you're really proud of that wasn't planned before? Oh my goodness. 99% uh, of the lines that I am proud of work are completely improv. And that goes to the chemistry I have like with Michael Cole. I did it twice during Elimination Chamber. And basically anytime I make Michael Cole break, that's when I trust that a joke landed because Cole is such the consummate professional and he has delivered terrible, awful, heartbreaking news on the air with a straight face. He's a, he was a newsman first. So when I can crack Michael Cole, that's when I know it landed. That said, I'm sort of wishing and hoping, and maybe I'll put this plea out there to the internet. I would love somebody to make me like a compilation or something of these lines because I say them and by the end of the show, I forget about them. And unless somebody quotes them and, and tweets them to me, I go, oh, yeah, I, I remember I said that. Uh, but it, I, I probably shouldn't admit this, but I prepare very, very little for any show that I'm about to do. Unless it's a statistic that I don't want to screw up, like a number of title reigns or, or something important, I usually just kind of fly by the seat of my pants. And my wit has helped carry me that far. Um, but it, it's it's just constantly. And three hours, three hours is a long time. So sometimes I'm trying to entertain myself. Sometimes the show gets into a little bit of a lull or I started feeling a little tired or something is going wrong and I just kind of need it for my own sanity. And, and beyond making Michael Cole laugh uh, once in a great while, very rarely, but it does happen. I'll hear the infamous chuckle from the boss. 
which means he pushes his button in in the gorilla position and I'll just get a <laughs> and that's that's like that's like making your dad proud. You know what I mean? That's like that's like getting a, a big hug after after a sports game from your, your parents, like, oh, you did it. So it's it's tough to pick anything and I, I more often forget you know, before anybody else reminds me. So it's always refreshing when I get tagged in a tweet. I actually got one today about saying uh, Buddy Murphy and Otis staring face to face was like looking in a funhouse mirror. And I, again, that was just this is great. I, I would have never thought I couldn't have prepared that. It wasn't until it happened and it just came to me. And, you know, I, I, I'm just trying to keep myself occupied and hopefully the people at home get a laugh here and there. I look, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I can't wait for us to peek behind the curtain a little bit more with the reality show, which is I'll link down that uh, link that down below. It's on the WWE YouTube channel, but I end every conversation with the same question. Cause I love gratitude. I start and end every day saying out loud three things I'm grateful for. So what are three things that you guys are grateful for today? Today I am grateful for my health, my family and Ooh. wine <laughs> red or white red i'm actually grateful for wine because i think it keeps her sort of mellowed out <laughs> at, a, at a level that we can be tolerable i would have to say i am absolutely grateful for my children i think they've helped keep, keep me sane or at least as sane as i am to this day i am incredibly grateful for my fiance because without her who knows where my life would be because in the past few years uh, that things got really rough and she stood by my side and been my rock during this whole thing and it's going to sound cliche and i'm sure everyone's going to get mad at me but i'm grateful for wwe because if it weren't for our life within the madness of wwe and wwe helping bring this project to the forefront Corey and carmella probably would have never seen the light of day and now we have at least a new exciting venture Will it be wildly successful? We hope so. But if nothing else, it's given us a creative outlet and somewhere to really put parts of our personality that maybe we don't get to show on WWE TV. And in a roundabout way, it's WWE who's responsible for letting us get to that, that point. So I would say my girl, my kids, and my job. Is there a certain episode or moment in an episode where you're like, oh. I do not want my parents or kids to see this. Oh my gosh. There's probably one in every episode mm -hmm. aside from the episode that my kids are in. Yes. <laughs> By design. We watched it with my parents and half the time I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, yeah. oh my God. There are very few instances <sighs> than watching uh, pillow talk between you and your partner in front of her dad, oh. who was a professional boxer and a, a professional wrestler. So, I mean, he could still handle himself. Oh my God, so embarrassing. Well, we can't wait to see it now. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. No, our you. pleasure, man. Thank Thanks you for, for the time. We appreciate, appreciate you. you. Okay. Busy week for Corey Graves and Carmela. So a huge thank you to them for spending some time with us. Thank you to you as always for spending time with us. And I don't know, sounds like it's just a matter of time before we see Corey Graves back in the ring for a match. Share this episode with a friend. Take a screenshot. Let us know that you're on this journey with us. Tag us on social media as well so we can retweet it and share it on Instagram. You can find Carmella. She's at Carmella WWE. Corey is at WWE Graves. I am at Chris Van Vliet. And I'll leave you with the words of Earl Nightingale, who said, never give up on a dream just because of the time it will take to accomplish it. That time will pass anyway. Be great. 
Be grateful. Have a great week. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.